Chats from the Blog Cabin. This is your favorite time of the week with your number one one podcast. to another edition of from the blog cabin today we're talking about a, a subject that i think everybody needs to talk about and that's how to be secure online and basic basically how for social media tips for kids and parents alike correct pat yes yes it's um it's a hot topic to say the least nowadays so joining me today is pat craven he's with the center for cyber safety and education which is a nonprofit dedicated to educating children adults and seniors on how to be safer online. Because I honestly think the seniors actually need this as well because they're getting thrown in a lot of scams online because they don't know how to navigate it. Well, yeah, and, and that's a big part of our training for the seniors is about scams it, it, because that is where they're the most vulnerable. Um, you know, they're, they're trusting people, right? And they believe what they see, what they hear. Uh, they get an email from the bank saying, oh, you've got to go back in and re-put in your information and things like that. And we just, we're trying to teach them, mom, the bank has your social security number. You don't need to enter it into the computer. You know, those kinds of things. Cause they don't, they just don't get it. That people are trying to do this to them. Why would people do that to them? And so it, it is a big part. It's a very popular program. So let's, before we get into all these cyber safety tips and social media tips, talk about, who you are and how you became involved in this organization. Sure. Um, I've actually worked uh, in nonprofits my entire career. Uh, I actually spent 24 years with the Boy Scouts uh, prior to getting into, did some work with Big Brothers, Big Sisters, and then uh, came across this incredible opportunity about six years ago with the Center for Cyber Safety and Education. And, uh, you know, it's just another way to be helping children uh, specifically, but parents, families, seniors, as you said, it's a great way to help everybody. And, and we're a nonprofit um, that is really got started in is our big volunteer base is cybersecurity professionals. And so it is people who are members of ISC Squared, which is your premier cybersecurity certification organization. We are a part of them. And uh, again, our volunteers are the best cybersecurity professionals in the world. So all the different programs that we have, they're put together by the best. So it's not just, you know, you and me coming up with a few things that maybe we should be teaching people. We reach out to the real pros who deal with this day in and day out saying, what what should we be doing? What should seniors be doing? What should parents do? What should children be doing to stay safe online? So let's talk about that. Let's talk about yeah, because nowadays everything revolves around social media. You have to really take a lot of stuff on social media with a grain of salt because you don't know really what's true and what's not true in the emails and the scam emails and the spam emails and everything else. I mean, your heads can just spend talking about just one instance, but what can, let's just talk with about parents and what they can do with their kids right now. Let's just take that little snippet first. Yeah, you're absolutely right. There is so much going on with social media and it's one of those things that, you know, you, you think back to, is this really helping or not? Uh, kind of, uh, 
technology improvements out there, but th there are some great tips for parents. We know the kids are going to be on it. Um, and, and actually, these tips are for us as well, because we're on, on these platforms as well. Um, but we always suggest that, that as parents that you start off by researching a little bit, learn about the platform that your kids want to be on, find out a little bit about TikTok or Instagram or Facebook or Snapchat, well, all the different things that are out there. And, and, and guess what? There's going to be new ones coming out in the next year or two, right? There always is. There's going to be something hot. But but to learn a little bit about it, what is it? How does it work? Uh, you know, who's on it? What's, what's the idea behind it? Don't just let your kids just do it, you know, because everybody else is doing it, right? So we, we want to make sure that we're not doing that. And then work with the children on setting up their profile on those accounts. Um, make sure that they're not sharing too much personal information. You know, a little tip for all of us when we're signing up for things is often they're gonna ask you a lot more questions than, than they really need that are not required uh, to answer. Use the minimal amount of information um, when you're doing that so that your kids are protected. And, and again, even you are protected like everything, always start with a good, strong password, uh, a passphrase, make it difficult that it won't easily be hacked by somebody. Um, and then one of the biggest things is follow them. Get on that same platform and follow them on that. So if they're on Instagram or TikTok or whatever, and you're following them, you'll be able to see what they're doing and what they're posting and who maybe they're chatting with or sharing things with, because that's really important. They just don't get that these people who are on there are not really their friends, mm -hmm. right? They're, they're not the friends that they would hang out with from school or they would go to the park with. They're, they're not their real friends. And yet they share information like them, personal information as if they were. And by following them on there, now I'm not saying go on there and like everything and put hearts and make comments uh, about everything that they're doing, but make sure that, that, that you're on there and then you can have a talk with them because that's the ultimate thing that we all need to be doing is having a conversation with our kids about what they're doing online, what's good to do online, what's bad to put online. Make sure that they're comfortable uh, coming to you. If they see something that doesn't feel right to them, that they're comfortable coming and talking with you. Um, if somebody does something or says something, or, or even they've accidentally done something that they, isn't good, that they can come talk to you, that they're not going to be punished and chastised, that they can come and you guys can work together to solve it. Um, you know, there's a lot of apps out there now uh, that monitor all of these different programs that will send you an alert when your child has posted something that might be questionable. The, those are good, but, but they're just a tool. Um, they're not going to catch everything. They're not going to change behavior. Um, it, it really comes down to having that conversation with your children before, before they get on and while they're on different social media. Yeah, I mean, because honestly, my girls are like, they're TikTok, they're, well, my girls are older, they're 19 through 26, but when they were younger, I was like, no, you can only have one social media platform, I had to be your friend, and they were like, but now they've created, kids have gotten worked around it, and they've created what they call a Finsta, which is like Instagram, but it's their fake Instagram account that they can post whatever they want on, and nobody can find them. 
Well, that's the whole thing. That, that, that it, putting all the different, uh, that's why I talk about those apps and things like that, because these kids are smart, right? They're going to figure out a way around it in a matter of minutes. I, I don't know about you, but, you know, when I'm having trouble with my phone, I go to my kids. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they can figure it out. When I'm having computer issues, they help me figure it out. And, and that's typical for most parents out there. Uh, these kids will find a way around it or their friend will help them find a way around it. Or, you know what, I bet there's a YouTube video that will show them how to get around it. So um, that's why it's just so important that we talk to the kids, that they understand what it is you're doing, why they shouldn't be doing it, whether it be for their career, for college, right? You know, these people are looking at these things. We've seen those stories. Um, where guys uh, get drafted in the NFL or baseball or get kicked out of college because something they posted when they were a freshman in high school, 14, 15 years old, they thought was funny. It was funny then. We've all know cultures have changed. Uh, and, and things that were funny a few years ago are not funny now. And, and that can come back to haunt them. And it's hard to get them to think that far in advance. That's where we have to help them. Yeah, that is so true because I always used to tell my girls, be careful what you post because it's going to come back later to haunt you. And I'm like, nah, nah, nah. And then one of them was like, well, maybe, yeah. Once they got a little bit older, they started seeing the instances where like people would come out and say something. Like even now you have people that are set in their profession that they're canceled or they're kicked out because of something they said 10 years ago. Exactly. And, and And I think that's something that they can help us in communicating with our kids now is examples of that, that they're seeing some of these stars um, who are paying a price for things that they posted. And again, it, 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 it may have been funny back then. You may have laughed. I may have laughed or whatever, but it's not funny now. And, and that becomes the, the, the problem that we don't know where it's going. So it's best to be uh, a little more conservative with what you're posting and thinking about what you're posting. Um, not just from that standpoint, but even just the privacy standpoint. Uh, it, the, again, I, I don't want to go dark here, but you know, there, there's all those stories of, of kids abducting, kids running away. Um, that information is typically get, brought, found by these predators on social media, uh, that they're getting to know these kids because they know what they like. They know where they go to school. They know what their favorite uh, food is. They know who they're friends are, they can make up fake conversations with people um, that these kids, you know, they're buying into. And that's back to what I said earlier about real friends. You know, these are not your real friends. They're online friends, and that's cool. um, But but you shouldn't be sharing all that personal information with them. At what age would you suggest for kids to get on social media? Well, uh, actually, you're supposed to be 13 uh, to be on social media. But we have found through research that we have done that uh, most your half your elementary school kids are already on social media. So uh, that that's already going out the window. Your uh, average age for a child to get a phone is 10 years old uh, is by the time they have a smartphone these days. So it goes back to us as parents uh, as to what are we doing and, and how are we going to limit that? Uh, as you said, they got to pick one. That's a great idea. You know, uh, they can be on one different platform, um, at least that you knew of, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's yeah. the other catch, right? They can easily do different names and have fake things that that you don't discover. So, um, but but it's up to you to, again, 
just like anything we do as parents, if you just cut them off or tell them no, because I said so, isn't necessarily going to work because their friends are going to pressure them on the other side. And again, their friends will help them figure out how to get around it. That is so true. And I want to continue this um, topic once we get back and talk about how it applies to seniors now because seniors are getting on social media and they don't know really what they're doing and whatsoever on there. So we'll be right back with a brief commercial. Chats from the blog cabin. Hit subscribe and don't miss the next episode. Chats from the blog cabin. Enjoying this episode? Leave a review now. Um, let's talk about what seniors can do because a lot of times when seniors get on social media, they think they're posting on somebody's page and they'll just write a status post. Have you have you seen that where they just write it on their status, especially on Facebook, and you're like, okay, who was this pertaining to and why did you post this? <laughs> It's it's all very confusing for all of us uh, to be on any of these different platforms. And so, yeah, for those who aren't uh, as maybe tech savvy or haven't been doing as long, I mean, we didn't grow up with this, right? But uh, but our kids now have, uh, that they've had this technology most of their life. And so it's, it's definitely of concern. And, and those scams are a big part uh, that we started talking about for, for seniors of getting. And those, those go from everything. You know that the, um, the the Nairobi Prince email, right? We've all gotten it. It's still out there. Uh, it's still out there because they're still making money off of it where they uh, are able to continue. There's a whole fresh group of people constantly getting online who are not familiar with that. And so we have to work with that. But there's some other pretty creative ones that are they're a, a cyber type or even a, a, a physical uh, one is where they will believe they've gotten a, a message from one of their grandchildren and that child is in trouble and please don't tell mom, you know, kind of thing. But uh, I, I was in a wreck and this guy is going to call the cops on me. But if I don't pay him $500 for the damage, can you get me $500 right away? You know, those kinds of things are out there. Um, and it's so much of us just trying to get them to understand it. And we see a big rise right now uh, in in romance scams, um, where people, and, and that's not just seniors, it's, you know, so much of dating these days is done online. But people who have literally lost millions um, on romance scams, where they've fallen for somebody online who may be out of the country, and then they, uh, they're going to come visit, and then all of a sudden there's a problem with their elderly mom, and and, and he can't make the rent or he's got a, you know, he needs help with something. She needs help with something. And, and we start sending him money. But, but I've, I've seen and talked to people who have literally lost millions in those kinds of scams. And so, yeah, our guard has to be up constantly. And it's frustrating that we live in, in a time like this. Um, you think back of what, what, where could we be if these bad guys would put their great brains, obviously, mm -hmm. to use, good use uh, of how far we can advance everything. That reminds me of the commercial that I see. It's a, a woman that she's like, oh, I was met this guy online, da, da, da. And she says, and then he asked me to send him a gift card. And I remember some 
somebody said and I knew that was wrong. So I spent that gift card on myself. I got spent some stuff care time. You know, <laughs> I love that. And she's so sassy. But we need more things like that. Why is there? I know your um, organization is working to get the message out. But why are there more messages like that out there? Well, that's that's part of the challenge is that it's just so many things. It's constantly something. Um, there's something new going on. And there are organization and there's a lot of other great organizations um, that are trying to do that with all levels, with the children, the parents, the seniors, you know, AARP is involved. And, and there's other nonprofits that focus on scams. Uh, we do some work with one that focuses on romance scams. It's a whole daggone organization mm -hmm. um, just focusing on romance scams because it has become such a big thing. But it's like any message, it, it just, you have to get it out there. I, I think another thing you run into is um, people don't believe it'll happen to them. You know, mm -hmm. I have nothing. Why would somebody, why would somebody hit me with ransomware, right? I, I, I'm not a big corporation that can pay millions of dollars uh, for ransomware and, and the average ransomware isn't but hundreds of dollars uh, and, and if you're not familiar ransomware is where you your computer gets taken over by the bad guys and they lock it down you can't access anything on your computer until you pay uh, uh, the ransom it, just like you know again growing up a ransom was when in a in a child abduction or something there might have been a ransom or if your cat got stolen they might hold it for ransom um, but this is holding your computer and all your files, all your photos, uh, all your information. They hold it for ransom until you pay that fee. Well, they, they make it, you know, in the hundreds of dollars versus the tens of thousands. You know, if, if mine got hit like that and the, the ransom's $500, $800, $300, I'm going to think about paying it just to get everything back and, and, not have to hassle with it. Uh, if it's thirty thousand dollars, you can have the computer. Uh, you know, I don't have it. It's not going to happen. Yeah, these guys are smart. They they know it. They're business people. Uh, type of approach to that. It is their business. You have to remember that the the bad guys. This is what they do for a living. This is their job all day long. They're very good at it. Wow. You know, that reminds me of like the phishing emails because you get these emails and it looks like it's like a spoof email. It looks like they're coming from your bank, coming from your credit card company, coming from um, PayPal. I know PayPal is a lot because they, they'll change it so that it looks like it's official. But then you have to go up and you have to look at where it comes from, right. like because their address is different, but it'll have PayPal logo. So people aren't. Talk about how you have to look at the details and look at the specifics. Yeah, that's that's probably the biggest thing going out there because that's what leads to all the other problems. That's what leads to ransomware. Uh, that's what leads to you losing your personal identifiable information that they can go open up a credit card in your name because you're giving them all that information. And it typically comes from a fake email like that. And um, you, you're absolutely right. You got to look for a lot of different things for it. You know, it's one of those gut things if you're like, this is really weird or I didn't I don't have any package coming from Amazon. I don't have a FedEx shipment coming. Uh, I don't I don't have a PayPal account. You know, I've been getting calls lately about my student student loan forgiveness that I've been selected and I'm like paid those off years ago. You know? <laughs> I don't have any student loans. You got the wrong guy to try to scam. Um, but you do you look for those things you'll find misspellings uh, in in those emails you will um, 
again, is it even something that you're dealing with? Is it even your bank? So maybe it is, maybe it is bank, maybe it is PayPal. What you do not want to do, if you come out of one thing from our conversation, you do not want to do is click on it. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if you think there is something with PayPal or you do have an Amazon order coming and maybe there's an issue, go to the website yourself. Type in www.amazon.com or bankofamerica.com or whatever it is um, that you're using, type it in yourself. That way you know you're going to the right website. Because even though it has a link that says Amazon and it looks like it's an Amazon, there's so many ways to make those fake. So uh, I, I, not to get into technical, but there's a, what's called a hyperlink behind it um, that could take you anywhere. But even if it looks like it's Amazon, do you know if the O in Amazon is an O or is it a zero? Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's little tricks like that that they can do that make it look like you're going to someplace, but you're really not. So the big thing we push is always type in the email addresses. And that comes with ads as well. We get all these pop-up ads that show up on everything. Don't click on those ads. If you see some special on something that you're interested in, go to that website yourself, type it in, and then look for that special deal um, and, and then look at ordering it. You just brought me up to a point where it talks about ads because a lot of people think that our phones and our computers are bugged because like you'll be talking about something and all of a sudden it shows up on Facebook in an ad or shows up on Instagram in an ad. And they've noticed that too, like when you're searching for something, it'll show up. So let's talk about that. Yeah, it's it's all the, um, the different ways that they're capturing information. They're tracking, they being Google or Amazon or whoever, um, you know, Google being the big player in this whole thing tracks all of that. And so they're able to use it. And that's how they're able to pinpoint ads for you. If you've been searching for uh, uh, a new tent to go camping with or something like that, um, it says, oh, you're in the market for a tent. We have all these advertisers that advertise about tents. We're going to send them your direction. And that's how they make their money. They're selling advertising. And the more refined they can get that, the, the better it is for their advertisers and everybody's going to make more money. Um, so it, it, it's not, you don't think it, it's happening. Okay. It, you're, you're not being mysterious. It really is happening. Uh, they are following all of that and, and sending all of that. So um, there's things that you can look at doing and, uh, you know, get some more complicated, you know, turning off your cookies, don't accept all the cookies. Um, use different browsers that for different things. You can go incognito. Uh, again, you have to do a little research, but you can do incognito on different things. Um, and again, different browsers out there that don't sell that information. But uh, that's how they're making their money. And, and that's the big debate out there is about your privacy. Um, you know, what, what should they know and what shouldn't they know? But they're giving you Facebook for free. There, there's yeah. a reason, right? You get the Google search for free. Uh, it's free to you. Somebody's paying for it. Somebody's paying their, you know, those companies are worth billions. Uh, somehow there's money changing hands. It's coming from the advertisers. And so that's the price you have to pay. And, and you see that now too. I don't know if you, if some apps that you have, maybe even on your TV or on a device where it's free, but you can upgrade to no commercials mm -hmm. um, if you pay a fee. Well, that's where they're making their money.
So you just brought up privacy. Let's talk about privacy settings, what we should have as private our privacy settings. Yeah, um, as I kind of alluded to at the beginning, as little as possible uh, information going out. Um, does Amazon need to know where you're at all the time? And I don't mean to be picking on Amazon, but anybody, right? All the different apps you may have on your phone. Um, it's really good to go into the settings on each of those in your, in your settings. And, and who needs to know where you're really at? Well, pretty much none of them. Maybe the weather channel, you know, so you can get good weather updates. But um, that there, there's very few that really need to know and track your every movement. So, so those are the kinds of things. But so much of it is just going into your settings and turning off things. Um, typically, when you go in, it's going to default that you have to give them all this information. They want to track you. They want to track your browsing habits, uh, where what websites you went to, because it'll make it easier for you next time, right? Um, that they'll already know you love shopping at this store, and so it'll make it easier. Um, it, you don't you don't need to do all of that. So when you sign up for things, uh, again, minimal information. Typically, when you register for something, there's a asterisk or a little star next to the required things in order to get signed mm -hmm. up. Uh, for that platform, for that web page to set up an account. Just do the basics if you really need to do that. But even then, don't don't sign up for an account on everything. If you really don't need an account uh, to, to shop on some website, uh, you can just shop. They're happy to take your money. And so you don't want to keep that information out there. Even when you're paying with a credit card for a purchase that you're making, you don't want the, the the store to keep your credit card. Yes, it makes it easier the next time, but it takes you 60 seconds to re-enter your credit card each time. There's no reason for them to keep that on file. That is so true. And um, with the kids and seniors and even parents, social media profiles, should they be private or public? Yeah, I, I suggest private. There, there's no need for them to be public. You, that way you keep it to your friends. Um, and it needs to be people that you know, again, something to teach our kids, but something for us as well. It should be people that you know. You know people can ask to be. So if you do have an old high school friend that shows up on there, they can ask to be your friend. Uh, and, but they keep it to a minimum because, again, why does everybody need to see what you're up to and what you're doing, uh, what your family looks like, that your daughter just graduated from this high school, you know, those kinds of information is all pieces to a puzzle that the bad guys can put together. Something we have to keep in mind, again, this is their job. They don't come at this to, they're going to hit you with an email and boom, they're going to have all your information uh, and be able to go open up a, a new credit card in your name. They piece this stuff together. And, and again, we've grown up with this technology now. You could go find easily, uh, any of us could do this. You don't have to be a hacker to do this. You could go find out your friend's um, maiden name. Uh, you can find out their birth date, their kids' birthdays, all this kind of information, where they were born, what city, all that kind of identifiable information that you typically put on a credit card. How often we all have to remember our uh, mother's maiden name and my mom's maiden name is a big, long German name. And so I could never spell it right, that kind of thing. <laughs> but it's th those types of things that you have, all that information on there. Um, 
we post it all on Facebook. We get a new baby, and here's where the baby was born, and here's grandma so-and-so and grandpa so-and-so. Well, guess what? We just got the maiden names. We just got the birthday for the child. We just got, uh, we know their, their uh, first, middle, and last name. Uh, we know their address. We got all this information. I could go open up a credit card in your child's name tomorrow um, just with information that you find on Facebook. Wow. That's a that's a really like eye opening thing, but you also talk, I also want to talk about when you're posting pictures and videos like when you're on vacation you want to share people, share with people where you're at or what that's a no no right? That is a no no. You uh, as as painful as that is, um, that's something you want to post when you get back. Uh, post it when you get back. They don't need to know that you're gone. Bad guys don't need to know that you're gone. That your house is empty or that your teenage daughter didn't go on the trip with you this year okay. and so she's home alone they they don't need to know any of that information um posting it when you get back is not only safer but it's actually more enjoyable for your friends because then you go through and you can just pick out the good photos mm -hmm. you don't have to post every sunset that you saw you can just post a sunset or the the kids out canoeing or whatever you might have been doing that you don't uh, you don't have to share 80 photos with them. You, you pick a handful of, of meaningful photos that get the message across. So, it, uh, and, and even that turns down, you know, turns down that volume of personal information that you're putting out there that you like to vacation at this location, uh, that you like canoeing. I mean, again, all the, every time you post something, uh, anybody can learn things about you. They learn that you're an outdoors person. Uh, your, your, your child's got on their school sweatshirt. Uh, you just figured out where the kid goes to school. Uh, another real quick thing too with, uh, with uh, photos is you should turn off the, um, the, the geotagging, the, the mega metadata on your phone for your photos. So if you've ever noticed, if you go back into your phone and you look at your photos, it tells you exactly where you were. It's pulling the GPS coordinates down and it knows where you, you were when you took it, which is great when you're going back years from now mm -hmm. and, and looking for the location. But the problem is that data goes with you when it gets transferred. When you send that photo, it's very easy to go in and, and uh, find the exact location that you took that. Well, that's not a big deal if you're out camping in the woods, but it is a big deal if your son or daughter uh, has soccer practice at this park all the time, or uh, this is where they go to school. They can literally figure that out uh, from your photos that you put out there. Wow, I never knew that. I knew that sometimes like when you pull up on Instagram or Facebook, when you're when you're posting the photo, it'll come up like a location somewhere around where you took it, but I never knew that it went with the photo if you didn't post it up there. Yeah, it's built into the digital aspect of a photo. Something we didn't have to worry about when we used to print them out, um, but uh, it's all part of that digital formula that's in there. It has all that information. And again, it, it's a cool feature from a personal standpoint, uh, from a historic standpoint, but it doesn't do us any good on social media uh, to have that. Now, one of the tips with that too, I, I, I will share kind of the opposite of that is, you, and we were talking about privacy and turning off who's tracking your locations and things like that. You don't want to turn off um, your actual like emergency location and things like that. Mm -hmm. You just don't want it to be attached to everything because it is a great thing. If you're using 911 
or you know we've all lost our phone uh, mm -hmm. kind of thing that it's still able to track it you could be tracked in an emergency if needed be but there there's no reason that fedex needs to know where i'm at uh, all the time or the the gas station or the grocery needs to track my location I love that the gas station on the grocery. Now you mentioned earlier you said password, but then you said passphrase. So let's talk about that. Sure, that's a great catch. The passwords is what we've all been brought up with, right? And and to have it, if you remember, gosh, they used to be four word, four letters. You know, mm -hmm. uh, now the recommended is twelve. But honestly, the recommended is as long as you can make it. Uh, the longer you make it, the more difficult you make it. The harder it is for it to get broken, and Still, it's amazing every year, right? They put out the report. The number one password is password. Um, is the most used password in, is, is password. Or people think they're being even better and they're going password one, two, three, you know, uh, because they have to put a number in it now. But what we always recommend is longer the better and, and make it a passphrase. Make it a thing. Make it a line of a song. Uh, make it you know, something like that, and it has maybe some numbers mixed in with it or switch out some letters and numbers uh, is a great way to go. But um, it, it doesn't take you any longer to type in a, an eight word, eight character password as it does to type in Mary had a little lamb or, or something like that, right? You, you can come up with that. Um, and it, again, the longer you make it, mixing up things a little bit, throw some numbers in there, uh, throw some symbols in there and you're going to be much, much safer. Uh, you may not realize this, but there's there's a variety of ways that these guys can crack. And I say guys, it's guys and girls, right? Who, mm -hmm. who have the bad people out there. But um, is they literally can buy programs off the Internet um, that will crack passwords. Uh, I mean, it's that's the kind of world that we're in right now, that you can go and buy codes that uh, by programs that will work on trying to crack people's passwords so it's it's so much it's not somebody sitting there trying to guess your password you know that they know your dog's name maybe it's your dog you know they're, they're trying to do that yes they can do that and there's a good chance they might hit it uh, again as they get to know you uh, but there's there's literally programs that computer programs they put it in and it just runs it until it finds it so uh, the longer the, it is, the more difficult like that, the safer everybody will be. So how do we keep track of the passwords? Because I know a lot of times there's a lot of apps that will, you know, oh, we'll keep your password for you. That You don't want to do that, correct? Well, no, those, those aren't bad if they're, you know, from a quality company. Uh, they're often called, um, you know, safe, password safes or locks and things like that. There's a variety of them out there um, that you the the idea behind it for for your viewers is that uh, it stores all of your passwords you only have to remember one in order to get in to do it but but even then it's not necessarily needed if you're using something that's easy to remember a passphrase uh, kind of thing so you're not trying to just remember a word but maybe you're doing banking and you put in a quote from benjamin franklin or something you know penny saved is a penny earned or you know mix it up like that or something that would make you think about it but but you bring up the point, though, is you shouldn't have just one password that you're using on everything. Because if they break it one place, well, they're going to go to Amazon. They're going to go to Kohl's. They're going to go to all the different stores and 
uh, and just try it. Hell, I'm going to put in your email because that's often the, your sign in. And we figured out your password over here was this. So we're going to try it over here. And, and they, can, they can easily do it that way. But if you make it something that is difficult and memorable, it's a lot easier. You know what? We, we've all got a number, uh, lots of numbers that we remember our whole life. Um, that we had to start off remembering, and that is your social security number okay. and your phone number, right? And there's seven digits or more, nine digits um, that we all learned. It's, it's not that hard to, to be able to learn and remember some passwords. So yes, you can do that. Um, but again, if you're making them, making them some sort of memorable passphrase, it might make it easier to remember if you don't want to try this. Yeah, there was a question that you were talking as you were talking, and it just slipped my mind. Maybe we'll come back to it in just a second if it'll pop up. But I want to talk about friend requesting and following people that you don't necessarily know in real life. Yeah. Why would you bother? You know, uh, it's one of those kinds of things you think about. If you met somebody at a school function or a church function or a party or something like that, and uh, you don't, we'll never see them again. You'll never talk with them again. Why, why do you need to share all that personal information with them? Why do they care about your, your dog's photos <laughs> or whatever it might be uh, that you're posting? And so the less is better. Um, and kind of what we were talking about, personal information, the less you put out there, the better. Uh, the same is even with your friends. If they're really friends, if you've done stuff together, if you know each other, or, uh, your kids hang out together from school, that, that they, they become people you know in real life. But a friend of a friend or somebody who just posts funny things on Facebook that you like all the time, you don't have to become friends with them to see that. And and that's even something to be careful. You know, we were talking about the, the emails and stuff. Mm-hmm. These things that people are posting on Facebook and um, Instagram where, you, where you, they ask you to complete a survey. Don't do it, uh, you know. Um, you know, what's your favorite color surveys or do you like mustard or ketchup? Let's find out everybody. Um, you, you really don't want to be doing on this because you don't know what you're clicking on. And again, you're often giving them information or you're giving them permission to access your information. So you, you just avoid all those kinds of things. Um, sharing all the, the different videos you see, whether funny, whether they're political, whether they're um, scary, whatever. You, if you don't know where it came from, you probably shouldn't be sharing it. Wow. It's there. There's so much. Let's talk about the difference between business. Like, like for instance, you know, social media, when you're in business and you're a social media influencer, you have to, they've always told you tag the business that you're at so that they can get info to, you know, so they can get, you know, people cross traffic. Let's talk about, is there some way that we can do the line that we're not really tagging Maybe after we go, we tag, but not before. Yeah, um, so much of it again. Less is better. Um, anytime you you're you're connecting with a business like that, you're you're giving them more information about you. Um, you're giving them, in many some cases, access to your information or to your platform. And so, I would just uh, I would avoid doing doing those kinds of things and think about it before you do it. So much of it is uh, is pause before you post. You know, we've got, we, we haven't had a chance to talk about, you know, Garfield, but it's actually the, the theme of one of our uh, lessons that we use for children is um, 
pause before you post. Just think about what it is you're posting before you post it. So you just brought up Garfield. So let's talk about Garfield. <laughs> what what made you think of Garfield? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We're real excited. We did a study how this came about. We, we did a study a few years back about how elementary school children use the internet. And we found that 40% of elementary school children have already chatted with a stranger online. Mm. And half of them have given out their phone number. Now, I said elementary school children, not high school, but elementary school children who are already chatting with strangers online. And that was an eye-opener for us, is that we needed to be thinking younger. Because as we talked earlier, kids are getting online younger. They have a phone by 10. They're already on social media. We cannot wait until they're in high school or even middle school to talk to them about being safe. But we also realize that us, you know, old people here talking to the kids, right, uh, is just going to be another parent lecture. And, and so we wanted to come up with a different way to reach them. We knew that a PowerPoint for second and third graders uh, was probably not the way to go. And that's when we reached out to Jim Davis, who's the creator of Garfield, and, and asked him uh, to join us in this effort to teach younger kids, focus on first through sixth grade uh, of how to be safe online. And, and we've created the Garfield's Cyber Safety Adventures. We've won multiple educator awards for this program where um, Garfield and his friends and Nermal and and um, Arlene and all them are, are on, they, somebody's in a mess on the internet and they've done it. Uh, and then we try to help teach them the, the lesson of what, what they've done wrong, what should they do, how to do it. And we have three different lessons that we've created so far. One on privacy that we've talked a lot about, mm -hmm. safe posting that we've talked a lot about, and, and cyberbullying uh, is, is where the third lesson is. And they're designed, the, the big focus is for the classroom. We make it available for a teacher, a librarian to, to use in, in the classroom. It comes in a box uh, that's designed for the classroom, it has everything they need for 30 children. Uh, it comes with comic books. There's 30 comic books. There's stickers and trading cards and posters to hang up in the room. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. And there's, again, there's three different lessons that the kids can get. And, and we have seen, I don't want to say instant results, but a, a lesson doesn't take but 20 or 30 minutes. Again, we're talking about little kids. We can't go on for hours. Um, but we have done studies of before and after that lesson and found a 36% increase in their safety knowledge in just 20 or 30 minutes. So uh, we're real excited about it and, and the partnership we have. Everything is original Garfield. Uh, it's done by Jim Davis and his team. We hired the Hollywood Voices. So when you, there's a cartoon that comes with it, it's really the main part of the whole thing is a Garfield cartoon. Um, when you turn that on, the kids know that's Garfield. That That's not Pat pretending to be Garfield. <laughs> That's really Garfield, you know, and, and you have them hooked. Teachers tell us all the time there's there's nothing they do all year where the kids are more glued and paying attention than to get to watch a, a fun Garfield cartoon that has a message with it at the same time. So why, how did you guys come up with this idea? Um, I actually, uh, uh, I know Jim. Oh, okay. <laughs> I worked, when I, as I mentioned at the very beginning, I worked with the Boy Scouts for 24 years and um 
I was uh, working in the Indianapolis area and Jim's an Indiana guy and uh, had the opportunity to meet him and we worked together and uh, put together a campaign back in late 90s uh, to early 2000s to um, recruit, use Garfield to help recruit kids to join the Cub Scouts. And it was a campaign that ended up becoming the national campaign for the Boy Scouts of America. And we stayed in touch. And then when I was trying to come up with something, way to reach these kids, Garfield popped into my head. He's been around 43 years. So um, we've all grown up with him, right? And, and our kids have grown up with him. He's still the most syndicated comic strip in the world. 200 million readers a day to the Garfield comic strip. And so that gives us that advantage of an international audience. We, we, we work internationally. And so we can run this program and we have in 29 different countries. So kids in Kuwait know who Garfield is. Kids in Germany know who Garfield is. We don't have to create a whole new program. It's just Garfield. And, and then we actually have coming out this fall, the Spanish version of the program um, that we have been working with volunteers literally in Mexico um, who have done the translation again, not Pat's high school Spanish. We're not using <laughs> uh, we're, we, we went to the real people who speak Spanish and they have helped us. We even got the Spanish Garfield, um, a, a, a character actor who's in Chile. And so the voices that we're using on the Spanish program, again, the kids who have grown up with Garfield in Spanish will instantly recognize that's Garfield with that lesson. So we're real excited about it. Um, it's available that the schools can order it or you could order it for your kids program. Everything we offer just to be open front with you is free on our website, IamCyberSafe.org. Uh, you can get the parents' materials and tip sheets, the children's information, uh, the, the seniors. There's, again, presentations, tip sheets available in, in some uh, 20 languages as well, all of those materials. Um, the Garfield one, there is a cost for um, because of all the printing. Again, there's, there's literally six pounds worth of materials in here. And so as a charity, um, we don't have the funding to just give it away. So we sell it at cost. And so it's available that uh, a school could get it, a church could get it, uh, libraries use it, uh, literally around the world. Wow. You have dropped so much knowledge on us. And I want to actually invite you to come back on um, anytime you want to come on, anytime you have something new, because the internet is changing daily, basically. And with COVID, maybe going back into the, with the Delta variant, it's going to change even more. Because yeah. people well, are you, and, and think about that, right? Just a, a, two years ago now, almost, right? That, uh, um, you know, we were, we were wanting our kids to spend less time online. Mm -hmm. And now, all of a sudden, by basically by law, <laughs> they're forced to spend more time online, yeah. unsupervised. You know, as you can tell, I'm working from my home still. Um, and you know, the, you would have kids or parents are doing that, and their kids are down the hall at the kitchen table, hopefully doing homework uh, and schoolwork. But we don't know; it's unsupervised. So, uh, what we're trying to teach here has become, as you said at the very beginning, it, it's more and more relevant than ever. So Pat, I want to thank you for coming on and for sharing all these amazing tips. And I know we just touched on just a few. I mean, there's so much, so much more. So tell people where they can find you at. Yeah, I am cybersafe.org is our website. And again, we're a nonprofit. 
Um, we we uh, put everything out that we can with the help of cybersecurity professionals. So it's a great place for resources. And if you're able to help support us, we would love that support as well. Uh, but you can go there to learn about our programs for children, parents, and seniors. And, and I'll, I'll, we'll throw this out as a tease in our college scholarship program. So you can come for all the, the parents out there who have kids that are needing college scholarships. We give away about $230,000 a year uh, in college scholarships. So there's a little something to drive you to the website to check that out too. Wow. So once again, Pat, I really want to thank you for coming on and for sharing all these cyber safety tips. And I will put it, guys, I'll put it in the show notes and in the caption, all the stuff that we talked about, you know, some of the key tips that he's talked about in case you're trying to write them down as we're talking. Um, but I'll, as always, be blessed. And most importantly, remember, keep chatting. And I'm going to add another one on this one and be cyber safe. There you go. Thanks. So have a blessed day, guys. Chats from the blog cabin. We not only have voices for a podcast, but also faces for YouTube. Don't miss your next episode.